Welcome to the really useful podcast from MakeUseOf.com. My name is Christian Corley, and with me this week uh, is Gavin Phillips. Hey, Gavin. Hey, Christian. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Thank you very much. We are going to be talking about basically saving power using gadgets. Um, you know, your computers, your phones, um, TVs, tablets, games consoles, just all that stuff that we have around the house that we might be using a bit too much or leaving on when we should turn it off then you've got the whole recharge thing uh so we'll kick this off by me asking you gavin phillips how much tech do you have in your house plugged in right now oh plugged in right now um well i'm sitting at my desktop computer which um i guess it's quite a high power computer these days running a top end amd card so that's fairly power consuming isn't it mm-hmm. i've got two monitors um microphones i've got speakers plugged in i've got not even with tech in my office i've got three different lights switched on (laughs) so the list is is fairly extensive and that's just in my my little office that i'm sitting in and that's not going out downstairs where my wife is using a laptop sitting next to a lamp my uh, daughter who's off school is using another laptop sitting under another lamp so today the household is definitely consuming some serious power there's an infrared photo from above gavin's house would light up the entire area absolutely we're glowing (laughs) yeah (laughs) um um, for myself uh what is plugged in and on right now is my laptop and some lights above me (laughs) so that's uh that's that's very low down on the hold on on hold on positively green yeah kerry has a an ipad dock in our bedroom which displays the time that's also one but uh, other than that that's it um my tablet that I use for my show notes is running off battery. The mixing desk is powered from the computer. Um, I know I don't know if there's extra power draw for that, but it has a battery in it anyway, so I could disconnect it from the computer and it would. No, I don't want to do that. Theoretically, I could, but there's a <laughs> USB cable and I'm pretty sure the sound's coming through there. It does run independently of a computer, though. Um, yeah, don't, don't try it now. Don't no, try, it, try now. it now. No, definitely not. Um, but I say this, and next to me, uh, I've been using it. Uh, Nintendo, my Nintendo Switch lately, that sits on the dock all the time. It is already charged, so you know obviously that's not drawing power and it's not charging. But there's a TV now that's not switched on at the moment. But I um, took an executive decision when I bought that TV because our TV had broken. I took an executive decision that I'm not paying more than this amount of money, whatever the reason. And I got a TV for £200, which is a smart TV with Android TV on it, which that's another podcast in itself because I hate Android TV. <laughs> but this has got a very bad um, rating for uh, for electricity use, this TV. Uh, it's like it's a D yeah. or an E because I paid £200. And, you know, if I'd paid like three or £400, it would probably be like an A or a B for the size. Yeah. The, the thing with those as well is that they recently moved the goalposts. I don't know if you know this. Oh, so, right. so maybe the start of this year, 2021, or the end of last year, um, they updated the the power energy ratings. These are for the EU, so the, the US rating system is slightly different. But So I was recently looking to buy a new fridge freezer. All, all the shelves in our one have uh, self-combusted all, all at the what? same time, which is really, really helpful. But anyway, so looking at the power ratings for uh, all these fridge freezers, and I noticed, I was like, hold on, this is a sort of 
relatively decent fridge freezer but its energy rating is now uh e which is you know not not so good no but reading up on it um just a few months ago the same one would have been rated like a or b so new rules have, have pushed the goalposts further down the line well well i didn't know that although you mentioned freezers we've got a u.s style freezer which is uh knocking 10 years old now so we're gonna to have to get new ones soon and we've got mm. our, have you seen the freezer in ikea yeah yeah with with a huge chest that pulls out at the bottom yeah yeah that's that. mad isn't it <laughs> we we think we won that freezer <laughs> it is very very nice it it's is nice absolutely. to aspire to things as well <laughs> yeah it, well it is yeah absolutely um so listen so we're really here to talk about uh ways you can reduce power use on technology and you know make the and also an important part of this i mean i, I could sit here we're recording this and we, it's, this podcast is partially inspired by the cop 26 but um you know that aside there's another dimension to this and that's also saving money because electricity and uh, just general power use however you get your electricity and how it's generated it, you know the bills are going up and fuel prices are going up uh, around the world so it's important to be able to keep, if you can't keep the gas prices, um, you know, your gas usage prices down, then try and keep your electricity use prices down. Where I live, I, don't, I think you're probably the same, although you might not be, because I'm not entirely familiar with where Gavin lives. But where I live, we've got a nuclear power station about 20 miles away. So we kind of got reliable power. Is it the same for you? Um, no, our nearest... Well, our nearest nuclear, I guess, is the one up in Somerset, somewhere like that. No, there's that. one near so Bristol, Dor- isn't there? Dor- near Bristol. Um, yeah, but where I live specifically, I don't have gas either, so our, our whole house runs off electric. So we're, right. we're not we're not affected by the insane gas prices at the moment. Yeah, we're we're fifty fifty. Um, so yeah, and a lot of people, are. a lot of people get electricity from electricity power station, and then they get a gas pump through. Um, very few people these days, certainly in Europe. Uh, don't burn gas to get electricity mm-hmm. so um we've um happily and timely uh, published an article by uh, dan price recently eight ways to save energy at home i'm just going to go through this and then we're going to spin off into a few sort of like related topics and uh number one use your laptop battery i'm not using my laptop battery at the moment um because of the reliability that i need for recording this but at some point today i will unplug from the wall and i will go and sit on the sofa or I'll be sat in the car waiting for my children to come from dance school and I'll be doing some work um, while I wait. Um, Number two is an interesting one, buy energy-efficient light bulbs. And I don't think you have any choice these days for, you know, ceiling lights and things like that, but there are other devices that have light bulbs in that may um, require replacing because they're, the, the, the standards for those bulbs have changed, such as uh, uh, your fridge, microwave, even your oven. Um, don't rely on standby mods because they actually use, a, they're using power and they're not switched off. So, you know, you can get a quick restart because they're actually just kind of like hibernating. Um, and that applies to a lot of things from games, consoles and laptops to computers. Uh, remember to turn off lights every morning. I don't know about you, Gavin. When my children have gone to school, I go upstairs and I walk around opening curtains and turning off lights. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, all, all throughout the day. So when they get home from school, it's the same process of 
like wondering why every single light in a room has been switched on and then everybody leaves. Well, yeah, what like, is that? What, why does that even happen? I don't know. It's like they're short-sighted or something all of a sudden when they come home from school. They're like, I can't see. Quick, put the lights on. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> use a smart thermostat is another option. Um, do you use one of these? Uh, I don't have a smart thermostat, actually. Um I looked at getting one a little while back, but I think our current thermostat works fine for the size of house yeah. we uh, we have. Um, I think if you if you have a larger property, especially, I think they're really really useful. Um, especially if you want to heat your house up before you come home or yeah, yeah. control different areas areas of it. But yeah, for our house, it seemed a little bit um, over the top. Yeah, same here. Um, but the, as, you, as you say, they are really useful. Um, you can also change your windows. It's obviously not a tech solution, but it's a really good idea to ensure you have got um, double glazed and with the most uh, recent uh, coatings and sealings, sealants uh, involved there. And change how you wash your clothes and change how you wash yourself as well. Change these washing habits. Avoid baths. Go for showers. Showers use a lot less water, which means a lot less heating, which means a lot less electricity. Uh, in the case of uh, electric boilers, and um, there's a lot of showers that use electricity to um, heat the water as it pumps through. So, you know, showering uses a lot less energy uh, in all degrees, and only use things at full capacity, like uh, washing machines and dishwashers. Don't like put them on for a half cycle or whatever. Just one thing I would add to this, which isn't included, if you're boiling the kettle, just boil what you need. So if you're boiling a cup of water, maybe boil that cup of water and a little bit extra just in case it's going to uh, it doesn't cover the uh, element properly, and uh, you just boil that rather than the full kettle because it'll take longer to boil the full kettle, which requires more energy. Definitely, I've got to say I'm I'm really guilty of that drinking you know however many cups of tea I manage to drink per day. I definitely always overfill and overestimate how much water i'm going to require despite doing it you know five or six times a day every <laughs> single day so that's a really good tip actually you can save a lot of energy there because it all adds up doesn't it yeah definitely i'm quite impatient so i kind of like a quick boil <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's um it, it works on two levels for me um now just on the matter of uh laptops and, and, and computers, but mainly laptops. I noticed we've got this really interesting guide on how to view battery cycle count on a Windows laptop. Now, this is really, really useful. Basically, most batteries should function well for at least 500 cycles, although Apple rates its modern MacBook models to last for 1,000 cycles. So I've tried this out. There's a Windows command that you can type into the command prompt or Windows PowerShell. Uh, so you can either right-click the Start button on Windows and select Windows PowerShell, or you can press the Windows button on your keyboard and R, then type in CMD and click OK, and that'll give you a black command prompt window. Uh, whichever com um, command line interface you choose, you type in PowerCFG, or one word, space, forward slash battery report, and that will then create a file called batteryreport.html that you can view in your browser. It will give you the link to open it. And I have got that, which I did a little earlier. Now, what was um, interesting about that particularly was that it didn't tell me how many cycles that I had left. And I'm very oh. curious to know why. It did, however, show me a lot of interesting stuff. It told me um, 
the name that I give them to my computer, uh, the build of the operating system that I'm using, uh, the the, you know, the name of the computer, the serial number of the battery, the design capacity of the battery, and the full charge capacity of the battery. But where's the cycle count? There's a little dash. Um, it then goes through all the recent usage, um, power states over the last three days. Um, so when it's connected and on standby, when it's active, whether it's using the battery or the AC, and the battery usage, there's an actual uh, line graph that shows you the battery usage of power drains over the past three days. So you can see um, when you were using it on the battery and how quickly it deteriorated uh, in charge. And then there's a usage history. And so it's, it's, a, it's basically a long list of numbers. It's quite interesting piece of information. I'm just a bit disappointed for some reason my Dell won't tell me what the cycle count is. I, I feel like... I I think I've had the same issue with my MSI laptop, actually. Okay. Recalling the last time I ran this, because I've had that laptop for, I think, four or five years. So after that sort of time, you are starting to notice the battery life degrade a bit. So I ran the same uh, test as you you said, the, the Power CFG battery report. And I think I had the same issue, that it showed me all the details, and it showed me that the full charge capacity had reduced by around 15 percent mm -hmm. which aside from the cycle count is useful to know anyway because yeah. if you feel like it hasn't got the same capacity this confirms it for you but yeah, knowing so. how far you are through the cycle count and the battery life is really useful as well absolutely uh, now as uh, ben's article goes on um if there's no cycle count in the windows battery report, it basically means it's a driver's issue you either need to install ensure you've got the right drivers for your power circuitry in your, your, your battery and also update their uefi and bios that may not work in some cases though but uh, i think i imagine dell probably have a piece of software that uh, tell you this information anyway um interestingly on the i've got a uh, pinebook pro linux laptop do, yes. which is quite uh, nice it's great it's got a lovely battery life on it and I don't know if this is Pinebook or a the the operating system on it is Manjaro, which is a Linux distro, uh, Linux operating system. But in that, it tells you your battery life, but it also displays the battery capacity mm -hmm. and the battery health alongside it, which is a nice feature. So you don't have to be looking extra deep for this information, but it just it throws it up there for you. That is useful, yeah. Um, now... If you didn't catch all the, the steps there, that's fine. We will pr provide the link to the article in the show notes. Now, laptops are one thing. What about phones and tablets? What can you do to check the battery health of, say, a Windows phone? Um, beg your pardon, Windows phone. <laughs> oh, that's, that's I mean, we would love the Windows The recurring nightmare of the Windows phone. No, we did love the Windows phone for a time. Um, no, how do you check the battery health for an Android phone? Well, it's that guy, Ben Stegner, again. How can you yeah. check? Yeah, he's busy, isn't he? <laughs> Basically, there's various ways you can do this. You can, there's one This is very cool way. I'm going to do this now, live, on the Really Useful Podcast. There is... There. Yeah, there's a dialer code that you can type into your phone, which should tell you the um, information about your device, including battery health. And so we're going to do this now. So it's star hash, star hash, four, six, three, six, hash star, hash star. 
phone information. So this gives you a testing menu, then there's phone information, usage statistics, and Wi-Fi information. I'm going to click on phone information. Wow, it's now this is quite a big list of things. And it's all kind of network related. And I can't actually see anything about battery at the moment. Very detailed, isn't it? Yeah, Which isn't it? Just say yeah. my mind. Yeah. Uh, but it's a useful menu to have. And I imagine this is probably determined on the model of phone you are using. Now I'm using a, a doogee rugged phone. I can do this with it and it won't break. <laughs> oh my God, it's broken. No, it hasn't broken. Um, I had fun testing this phone, I can tell you, from last summer. In fact, um, I'll include that in the show notes because it's, uh, there's some quite amusing things in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, there are different ways. Fortunately, there's um, modern versions of Windows. Uh, God, I'm doing it again. Modern versions of Android have uh, built-in tools that will let you keep an eye on the battery and it will alert you. It will behave in different ways, different battery stages. You have all the green functionality. You have the um, battery saver function, which is configurable. So you can, you can set, switch it on at different levels of battery percentages and stuff like that. So while that will limit features background apps won't refresh and stuff like that it will keep your phone running when the battery is low you use android don't you yeah i absolutely do i've i've, I've recently got a, a a new phone i've got a OnePlus nord now okay so the battery life on my device is uh, absolutely wonderful <laughs> so how often are you recharging at the moment um at the end of a 48 hour period which is right just bonkers i was previous to this my phone was a samsung s uh s8 yeah which i'd had since since launch back in early 2017 and the battery life on that was still decent enough but the screen suddenly died um but aside from that you do notice quite quickly the battery life um you know suddenly starting to to die yeah um and they drop off really quickly as well so it can suddenly feel like your smartphone battery drops off the edge of a cliff doesn't it yeah my my doogee's the same i get to uh, charge it every other day so about 48 hours it'll sometimes get connected in the car if it, and it also it's got a magnet on the back and a little port for connecting devices like uh, add-ons and there's a battery expansion which turns in it's, it's like carrying around a 1980s brick phone with that attached <laughs> uh, that's sort of like iphone uh, with the magsafe batteries so we can all have bigger capacity batteries but the phones just won't be as slim so no. I, I don't know about you christian but i would prefer a slightly chunkier phone it wouldn't have to be massively more chunky, but you could have like a, a few more hours battery capacity. Eight hours, 16 hours would, would be much yeah. preferable. Yeah. Well, I mean, before I started using this full time, I have a Sony Xperia XZ1, I think it is. And it was starting to show its age. And it's just, I mean, I'll give you an example. They're both Android phones, obviously. So, so this is the Doogee hitting my desk from about six inches. And this is the Xperia. Now, I mean, I don't know how many times a Doogee bounced, but it was definitely more than the Xperia. <laughs> but the Xperia, it will struggle to do a 24-hour charge or even a 12-hour charge some days. So it's a shame because it's a really nice light phone that can just slip into your pocket and it's got a good camera on it. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we're, we're at that stage where we need more power, aren't we? Maximum power, ultimate power. 
Complete power. Yeah, and the ability to put the power in your pocket as well. I mean, you never know when you're going to run out. Uh, I often find myself making sure I've got an additional source of power with me for not just smartphones, but for a laptop or for yep. a tablet or, or whatever. So making sure you've got your cables with you at least. How often before you run out of the house, you have to grab a charger so you can plug your phone in at the next possible charging point you know carrying it around all day with you yeah i mean if i decide to i mean you know it's happened once since march last year for obvious reasons Uh, if i decide to um, go out the house and work uh at a cafe (laughs) or whatever i will take my laptop i'll also take my tablet uh so then i'll have to mess around with cables and stuff like that but there have been occasions in the past i have a uh, a nice portable charger which is also capable of recharging a laptop so or powering a laptop. So if I need that, that's always in the car, just in case. But usually what that's used for is charging phones and tablets and earphones and things like that whilst we're on the go. Should you leave your laptop plugged in all the time? Now, I I think about this and I think, well, I don't leave mine plugged in all the time because I go and do things with it in other parts of the house. I might get ejected from the table because my wife needs to host a Zoom meeting. Um, and the rever- and it, But it is wise to not have it plugged in all the time because there are things that damage lithium batteries. Those things are um, the voltage level and the higher the charge level, the shorter the battery's life. A high temperature over 30 degrees can cause damage to the battery. And the battery has a finite number of times it can be charged, which we kind of alluded to earlier on, but we didn't... Um, Object, uh, we didn't actually explicitly say that, so we should have done. Um, so a- any type of battery is going to run out eventually because it can only be charged a certain number of times. And um, this is pretty much why you shouldn't leave it plugged in all the time. Um, now, you, you use a PC most of the time, don't you? Yeah, I do. So that's it's not really an issue for me. But I do switch to... Uh, the various laptops from time to time. Um, so as I was saying earlier about the MSI laptop I've had for some time now, you do notice the considerable drop-off with that. And that's been through goodness knows how many charge cycles, which is, you know, empty to full and then back again. Yeah. Uh, and that also now lives on the table downstairs. So it's become more like a general use laptop. So uh, kids, wife, anybody who visits, uses it for whatever they want to do. Um, and it stays on charge most of the time. But well, as soon as you take it off, you definitely notice that it's only probably got an hour, hour and a half of battery capacity these days. I'd add as well that it's a 17.6 inch screen. It's a massive laptop. So it does, you know, it does really like to drink through the battery regardless. But yeah, it, it's not very good anymore. Oh, I pictured a laptop with a glass of battery there. <laughs> a little umbrella Sipping and straws. Cool straw, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with an umbrella. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, mine's plugged in more than it's not plugged in, but um, that is kind of the way things work these days, I suppose. Actually, my laptop, I'm more concerned about the um, the power cable's going to need replacing because it's actually frayed, and I've actually had to tape it up. Um, so you know, like an an inch away where the um, the cable connects to the the, the connector that then goes into the computer is actually fair. I've had to tape it up with some uh, probably like industrial tape. That's going to have to be replaced at some point. Mm-hmm. It's only a year old, this laptop. Although by, um, by, by my standards, yeah. it's uh, due to break. 
So, <laughs> uh, so we've um, looked at various ways in which you can um, be more aware of what is charging, how it's charging, standby features, and when you should charge, when you shouldn't charge, and what devices are using up electricity and how. And hopefully this has increased your awareness into the, the various benefits of not leaving everything plugged in, saving money, saving power. If you're going to recharge, should, um, this is a good tip, uh, recharge when the bills are lowest. Um, so in the UK, we have two types of billing period. We have like the daytime bill and the evening bill, and it, it's cheaper to recharge in the evening, uh, use electricity in the evening. I think eventually we're going to move towards a more kind of green and sustainable method of computing as new types of processes are developed. Um, for instance, ARM processors use a lot less power than Intel and AMD have traditionally, and both of those companies are moving towards echoing the, the sort of low power of the ARM-type devices that are used in mobile phones, tablets, and some computers now. Green computing and can you balance performance with sustainability is a recently published article at makeyourself.com. We shall tell you more about green computing. And I, th I think this is uh, a, a peek into the future in many ways for devices. And that's not to say there will not be energy draining devices. You know, we've got huge servers, server farms powering the internet. We've got, we've got huge server farms powering Bitcoin. And uh, there's, you know, there's, as, um, I think this is related as well in part, isn't it, going to sort of cloud computing and edge computing and uh, data exchange and the movement of power from the desktop and laptop computers to the servers, which is another podcast entirely. But it is it is as if there is a, a slight change in the balance of power, not just the balance of power of the data, but the balance of power, power as well between home and office and server rooms. Um, so that that's uh, interesting going forward. Everything else we've talked about in this week's really useful podcast, you'll find it in the show notes and you'll find the really useful podcast available to subscribe to on uh, all the usual places and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify and elsewhere. Until next time, it's goodbye from myself and Gavin Phillips. Mm -hmm.